0: October the 19th, 2010, 15 questions about big cats. Carol Baskin, founder and CEO of Big Cat Rescue, the world's largest accredited sanctuary that is devoted entirely to exotic cats, speaks out about, and then i list 15 different things that I was talking about, apparently, at some event. Maybe this event where Howie and I are in this picture. I'm not sure. But... um, I I don't think this is going to make much sense just to read you 15 questions. So I'm going to give you 15 questions and a really abbreviated answer because the answers are so much bigger than this. Number one, where do big cats go when they are no longer profitable cubs? We believe a lot of them are just outright killed and incinerated at these places that breed them. But we do know that some end up in private backyards as pets or on tiger breeding mills. Two if all of the good sanctuaries are full, where do the big cats go? So this was in 2010 when that was a real problem. there just wasn't enough space. And so what would happen to them is sometimes they would be killed and most of the time they ended up just going to worse places. And that's always been the case. People who abuse these big cats, they don't want them to go to good places when they either can't make money at it and get shut down or when they get shut down because of their horrible practices. They don't want to be perceived as being rescued from, so they will send them to places that are friends of theirs who have equally horrific places for these animals to be kept. Three, should we be building bigger and more sanctuaries for the unwanted cats? No. If the problem is there are too many cats because people are breeding them and discarding them, then we need to stop the breeding and the discarding, not building more places to enable that bad behavior. Number four, what is the best way to prevent the abuse of lions, tigers, and other big cats? The very best thing that we can do is end the private ownership of them and ban the cub petting. It's the cub petting that's driving all of this breeding and discarding. Five, does banning private possession of exotics work? Yeah, it really does. Despite all the people who say, oh, it'll just go underground. Like that's some kind of an answer. What a stupid answer for crying out loud. If you ban the private possession of big cats, it's pretty hard to hide a tiger. You can do away with this problem really quickly. Who tracks maulings, killings, and escapes by tigers and other big cat species? You would think it would be the government. It's not. It's big cat rescue. Seven, do USDA and state inspections make sure breeders and dealers are being humane? I would laugh if it weren't so painfully untrue. They do not make sure that breeders and dealers are being humane. They go in maybe once a year, walk around for a couple hours and call it a day. That is not, that's not protecting the animals at all. It's not enforcing the Animal Welfare Act. Eight, when did the big cat crisis in America start? It started with people taking these cute cubs onto the late night shows. Now I always think of Johnny Carson as being the first one of those, but I was just reading a few days ago that it was even on the Ed Sullivan show that people were exploiting these animals that way. People saw that, they thought that's cute. I want to do that. I want to pet them. I want to be the cool guy with the cat on a leash. And that caused all of this mess that we're having to deal with now and all of the suffering. 9. Are there laws to prevent exotic cats from being traded for their meat, skin and bones? Yes, it's illegal to trade in endangered species parts. It's not illegal to trade in non-endangered species parts. But most of the big cats are now either endangered or threatened because of the fact that we have done so little to protect them. And the problem is that even when there are laws, they're not enforced. 10. How is the public to blame for the worst acts toward tigers and their cubs? The very worst thing that is happening and was causing all of the abuse is people paying to have their picture made with a cub. And back at the time when this was written, I kid you not, it seemed like everybody I ever met as soon as they knew that I ran a sanctuary they'd whip out their wallets and say look at me petting this cute cub and I just wanted to throttle them. It was like how could you be so stupid, but I understand now people just didn't know any better, but now 20 years later, yeah, or 10 years later from this, people know better. 11. What happens to breeders, dealers, and other wild animal exploiters when they run out of money? 11. They usually just dump their animals, walk away from them, and make it somebody else's problem. 12. What are some of the most lax states when it comes to wildcat standards and enforcements? Well, there used to be a lot more in 2010, but right now the worst states, I think, are Nevada and South Carolina, Texas and Florida. Even though Florida claims to have great rules on its books, (laughs) Texas and Florida lead the country in the number of killings, maulings and escapes by big cats. So that tells you something is not working in Texas and Florida. like enforcement. 13. Why doesn't the government do something about the abuse of tigers, lions, leopards, jaguars, and other big cats? What we usually hear is they've got their hands full of other stuff and they just don't want to deal with it. 14. Are there illegal activities operating in the shadow of legal uses of tigers? Yes, and this is the most important one. So all of this breeding for the cub petting is discarding big cats into private homes and private owners and it's creating this legal smoke screen because it's legal for people to have them so it's a legal smoke screen for illegal activities like poaching in the wild which is what's causing the extinction of the tiger what kinds of tracking is done and what needs to be done to end the abuse of exotic wild cats so first thing we need to do We've been trying to do this since the late 90s, is to pass a bill that bans the cup petting, bans the breeding for cup petting, that bans private ownership, so people that have them, they have to register them, let the government know how many they have, pictures, microchips, whatever we need to do to say this is this particular cat, so that they can't go out and buy and breed more. Once we do that, that stops the flood of these cats into backyards and basements. Then it only leaves the zoos breeding cats for life in cages, which I think is horrible. But there's only 200 zoos in the U.S., accredited zoos. And so if you think most of them probably have like two tigers, um, so what, 400 cats and maybe two lions. Now you got 800 cats. So... Probably under 1,500 cats, well under 2,000 cats I would imagine are in accredited zoos and there's really no reason for them to be breeding those cats either, they call it conservation, it's not and so they just need to stop all of the captive breeding and put all of that money and time and effort into actually saving them in the wild where they can really serve a conservation value which means keeping our planet healthy so that all of us can live here. So the 15 questions that I would be asked in 2010, they're not so different in 2021.